Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibos. Are we recording? Yes, sir. We are recording. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Me Bros Podcast. I am one third of the trio, better known as the Me Bros. Damien, your host, along with my brothers, 85 and Jeremy. How we feeling, fellas? Feeling good, feeling? man. Feeling good. It's a uh, it's a Wednesday in uh, in paradise, man. So we 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 uh, we living. We living. It was a rough beginning okay. of the week, but okay. you know. Trouble don't last always, as they always say. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right right now. Oh, wow. I had to go to some, uh, some, some old hymns. <laughs> oh yeah, Jared, yeah, this guy, Jared yeah. definitely had to in, bounce back. Game is incredible. Oh yeah, right he now. had to encourage himself in the Lord this week um, because that was a rough one. Because he called. I, two I'll tell L's. you what. Not only did you catch two L's. <laughs> what one. is the likelihood of you catching two L's from both of your teams led by double digits at some point during that game? <laughs> Especially considering <laughs> Clemson had won 50 straight games when they scored first. Uh, they were fifty and zero since like twenty fifteen when they they scored first, and then they got up double digits, which they had won. I think like ninety eight straight games. It was something crazy. So it was it was a rough start to the week, but we're 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 scratching and surviving. Good times. Both both were great games though. But uh, you fellas feeling all right? We're I wouldn't say both of those were great games, but I'm feeling all right, man. I'm doing. <laughs> You're ready to pile. Yeah, let's get it going, man. All right, so we got a lot to get. First of all, let's introduce the podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to us for another week. Thanks for uh, sharing with your friends, family, however you, however you are sharing us, because uh, we're happy to announce that our, our viewership or our listenership rather is going up. So very cool. We appreciate you guys. So we got a cool show lined up for you guys. Uh, first, obviously, let's talk about uh, the national championship game that was this past Monday. LSU beats Clemson. Uh, Jared was very confident throughout the year that uh, Clemson was going to continue the winning streak that they've had over the last two years. Jeremy, let's start with you on this, and uh, we'll let Jared uh, uh, get on his soapbox. Are you, are you, I'm not. Even, I'm not going to say that, but we'll we'll let Jared chat after uh, Jeremy uh, gets into it first. Okay, so my condolences to all of the Clemson fans that listen to this show. I know you all. Um, it's a lot of you. Um, Jared being maybe the number one. I've never heard somebody tell me about some freshman running back that's in Louisiana who said he thinks Clemson is where he wants to go when he graduates and he's a potential five-star recruit. But that's kind of stuff Jared brings to us on a regular basis. So uh, my condolences to you. I saw this coming. I did not see it coming as bad as it ended up finishing, but Anybody who watched LSU this year knew they were going to score a lot of points against Clemson. Jared brought up Brett Venables, and Brett Venables is, I don't know, the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of football. But at the end of the day, when you have a player like Joe Burrow who is throwing dimes on a consistent basis, and I mean like no separation, I'm going to drop in a – a pass over his shoulder, and it's going to be perfect. Like I was telling Jared, Jared has this feeling, I think, that Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind. This was 
I don't think that. And I don't want to exaggerate. A typical Joe Burrow game this season. This was as typical as it gets in his last three games. SEC Championship game and the college football playoffs. Joe Burrow had 18 touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, if you look at 60 touchdowns to six interceptions on the season, you look at um, over 6,000 yards of total offense, almost over 6,000 yards of uh, of passing yards, um, second greatest completion percentage of all time, uh, third most yards, most most touchdowns, pass for most combined touchdowns at 65. I mean, the guy had – Literally the greatest season of any college football player in the history of college football. Um, I thought Clemson would be able to hang, hang closer, but you know I'll, I'll throw one more thing else out. First off, I thought Clemson out coached LSU. I thought the reason why Clemson got that lead was because they coached so well and they called a bunch of gadgets and a lot of trick plays and things like that to get people open and get some defensive stops and to get some points. But essentially, what it comes down to is, hey, I might come out to fight in a UFC fight in a unique style that somebody's not used to. And I might catch him one good time. Almost like Shane Mosley caught Floyd Mayweather. But at a certain point when it settles down and it becomes a fight, you've got to be able to win. In the last 40 minutes of the game, Clemson was outscored 35-8. to eight. That tells you LSU was simply the better team. Um, I said before the game that I thought if LSU and Clemson played 10 times, LSU probably win six. Now I'm settling in at about nine and a half. I think LSU was simply the better team. And one more thing I want to bring up before I turn it over to Jared. I like Trevor Lawrence's intangibles as far as, like, I thought they showed a lot of grit and a lot of toughness in the Ohio State game. I'm not seeing this, like, oh, man, this generational talent at quarterback who is going to revolutionize the quarterback position and is going to be the unanimous overall number one pick. I don't see him as, like, I don't think he's that accurate. I mean, that, that clearly showed this week he had – 13 overthrows. That didn't even count on the underthrows. Um, so I'm not seeing the accuracy. I'm really not seeing the touch on passes. He's got a strong arm, but I don't see him, you know, being able to place the ball in the small windows, dropping it in, uh, you know, out of the sky. I I don't see a high-level NFL quarterback. I could be wrong. You know, the scouts could be like, oh, yeah, you're just not seeing it, whatever. I think he's very athletic. I think he runs a lot. And when he runs, he does not avoid contact. And I don't think that is a thing that you're going to want to continue on in the NFL. I don't see him as being someone who it, who has that wiggle to him who's going to avoid hits. He's going to need to be able to slide or he's going to get decapitated in the NFL. I'm not seeing a number one overall pick. And I'm not sure if he'll still be there as a number one overall pick when next year's draft gets here. All right. Jared. Respond. So I think that whole soliloquy was stupid. I don't think none of that. I mean, I want to be one hundred percent honest about what what happened in this game, and it, I I don't think Joe Burrow played out of his mind because I think Joe Burrow made three good passes or maybe four good passes all game. Um, and I think they were excellent passes, but I think the game came down. They said during the the, the broadcast, the game was going to come down to four or five plays, and I thought the game came down to four or five plays. Um, look. Clemson got it out to a lead because they were able to slow down Joe Burrow. They slowed down Joe Burrow in the second half as well. It wasn't just the first half. And you look at it, there were a couple plays where Clemson made mistakes on defense or it was just an excellent play call where I can't even give Joe Burrow credit for it. You look at that, there was uh, – so Clemson goes up 17-7. to 7. 
Joe Burrow throws the oh I'm sorry, let's 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 rewind it. So Clemson goes up 7-0. I said, and Jeremy Mean, you talked about this beforehand, about uh Joe Burrow threw a great touchdown pass to Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase um goes 53 yards, whatever it was for a touchdown. And we talked about how, and you said it was a nudge, but he didn't actually fully extend. And I thought so too. And there was an angle that came out today that they posted on, on Twitter where they showed from the sky view. And Jamar Chase clearly extends his full arm out to push off on AJ Terrell to gain Jerry, it. Jerry, let's and, not pass interference here. Please no, no, stop. Jeremy, it, it, it's clearly this. They're not going to call it because I, I don't think they have the angle, and I couldn't see it from the field angle. But he clearly extends his full arm. It's pass interference by by definition. But hey, it's a good it's a good push off. He he disguised enough to get separation, but it was a good throw. I'll give him a good throw on that one. Um, then we scored a field goal and a touchdown at seventeen to seven. Um, then they, he threw a dime to, to the next ball to Jamar Chase. AJ Terrell was, 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 I mean, in his back pocket. He, that's one of the best throws I've seen of the year, uh, on a deep ball. But still, we stopped him on that one. We got him to third down. And this was a great call from the offense. We sent a blitz, a corner blitz from the left side of the field, which was disguised. And they had set up a quarterback draw to the right side. So Joe Burrow got to walk into the end zone on a great play call because he, he just simply, it was a draw play designed to go away from where the blitz was coming. Um, so they score a touchdown, goes up 14. Um, they come back down, they get another touchdown um, on, I think it was the throw to Thaddeus Moss. Um, no, no, because Moss had Moss scored a touchdown to go up 28. So uh, I, I can't remember the the uh, the sec, the touchdown to go up 21 to 17. But nonetheless, they go up 21 17. And Clemson wasn't playing. Was that, was that the one where, he, where, the wheel, was it, where it was the wheel route where he threw it to uh, Chase in the end zone? Yeah, it was. It was. Chase had a kind of a, a start goal. It was a great throw. Um, and he scores a touchdown. So it's 21 17. Um, we get stopped. And then they have the ball third and 19 after a sack from their own 10. And um, Brent Venables calls a, a deep zone play, but the play was supposed to bluff a blitz, and then Darian Kendrick was supposed to get back into position as soon as the ball snapped. And he stayed there too long and let uh, the receiver, Jefferson, get behind him. And he had help, and the ball was underthrown on that throw. Uh, so it, I think it would have gotten picked by Isaiah Simmons. But he, he panicked. The DB panicked, tackled him on third and 19, and extended that drive. And I think that that's one of the four big plays I said that happened in the game that changed the outcome. Because 21-17, if you just play a solid defense and you don't give up a third 19 penalty, then it's Clemson ball, two minutes and 20 seconds to go, down four, likely getting the ball with the way that punter was punting, somewhere between the 40 and the 50. Um, I like our chances to be able to at least get to a field goal range to score before half. But they end up driving down the field, and they get a touchdown off of another great play called the second great play, where it was third and long. They were they were having a long field goal, and um, they call it a draw play, which was extremely risky because if Joe Burrow gets tackled before the first down marker, the half is going to end. Uh, I thought it was a gutsy call. I called a timeout beforehand, but it was, it was a great play call. Okay, so now the score is 28-17. Clemson gets a stop, scores a touchdown, gets the two-point conversion. It's a three-point game. Clemson gets another stop. Another big play was the drop pick six from Nolan Turner. Uh, Jeremy tries to say that that was a tough catch. I didn't think it was a very tough catch. I've looked at it again. He just he point blank dropped it. And I, I can't blame him. It's it, You can't catch everything, and there's a reason why he's playing on defense and not on offense. Uh, yes. Jared, one thing I'll say, I, 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 sorry to interject you, but interject, but um, it just seems like from your own mouth, 
that you guys got no, out. I don't think we got out coached. I thought that's what no, you no. just said. It's great, great play call. Great play call. Great play call. No, but you're, you're not them. listening though. There are a lot of great play calls that we had that we didn't capitalize on. Uh, we and and I'm getting into that. So I thought Clemson. I mean, the the way that Clemson was blitzing, our our pass rush was non-existent this year. Um, one of the problems we had was to start the year and coming into the year, Xavier Thomas was one of the – he was preseason All-American at defensive end, and he was one of the players that most people looked at and said, hey, he's going to be the next star defensive end. And I still think he's got a good chance of being that. He's a, he's a sophomore. Um, but he got a concussion that knocked him out four games. He came back right before the ACC championship game. But since he came back, he, he wasn't the same player that he was as far as a pass rush. So we couldn't get really any pressure on the last three or four quarterbacks we faced without blitzing. I thought Venables caught a lot of great blitzes. He was able to control the game, but I thought there were there were a couple plays where he, he they they just caught a better play. You look at it and say, all right, even after the half, when we, we dropped the pick six, which would have given us the ball in that that the next next drive we had a screen pass that was thrown to, to uh, Travis Etienne, and Justin Ross just whiffed on the block. And if he just gets any hand on uh, on number eight Queen from LSU, the linebacker. Travis Etienne is going to the house. There's nobody else back there. Um, he gets tackled. Uh, the play, play before that was the one where uh, Ngata dropped the pass for a first down where it looked like maybe the ball just bounced on his stump the whole entire time, and he eventually caught it, but the ball actually hit the ground. Um, and then the next drive, we still had Burrow on a third and 11. Burrow wasn't really doing much there, and we blitzed on third and 11, and it was a perfect screen call on that play. Um and so he, they they set up the screen, get fifty three yards, they score a touchdown, and and right before he scored a touchdown, you know, Skowski gets called for targeting, and you know, I thought from that point forward we were going to be at a disadvantage because Skowski is the middle linebacker who calls out most of the defenses, et cetera. At the end of the day, man, I, I when I look at this game, I looked at it similar to the way I looked at the Titans Ravens game. I think if the Ravens played the Titans ten times, I think the Ravens probably won seven of those games. I looked at this game and I said. Clemson played a game where Trevor Lawrence played the worst game of his career. But this nonsense, and I'm hearing it on the radio, oh, I just don't know what people are seeing. You know what people are seeing? They're seeing a guy who, coming into that game, had been completing 72% of his passes, who torched Alabama with four touchdowns. Last last year versus Alabama, who had the number one defense in the country coming into the game, he had four touchdowns, no picks. He played versus Notre Dame last year, who had uh, a lot of first-round picks on that defense and had a top-10 defense. Torched down with four touchdowns, no picks. You're looking at a guy who played versus Ohio State, had three touchdowns and no picks. So, I mean, I, and who, who had a top three well, what, what, what did he do that Cardell Jones didn't do a few years ago? And Cardell Jones wasn't number one overall but the, I can tell you what, 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 Card- what he can do that Cardell Jones didn't do. Go 25-0. and 0, Be consistent. Be, Cardell Jones had three good games when nobody had any film on him. I looked at this game and said, okay, Trevor Lawrence had 13 overthrows in the game. Trevor Lawrence in his career, the most overthrows he ever had in the game was five. He had the worst game of his career in a bad spot. But I'm not going to be over Jerry, you do realize, though, like, five is bad, though. Jeremy, five is bad in a game, but that was the, his career high in a game. So if you're looking at it, I remember, Jeremy, I remember you telling me that after watching them play, you thought Matt Barkley was a better, a better NFL prospect than Andrew Luck. It doesn't mean because, oh, in, in a game they can look one way. That's the way it is. I, I think yeah, I, I did say that. But I, I also – Let me finish my topic. I'll let you speak. So – I, I, well, you've been speaking for 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I, about half as long as you did. And as much as everyone wants to look at, oh, yeah, Joe Burrow, and I think Joe Burrow is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to be great. When you are you graduated college two years ago and you're still in college, 
I think the comparison of, oh, yeah, well, look at what Burrow is doing to look at what Trevor Lawrence is doing, who's, you know, just turned 20 compared to a guy who's about to turn 24. I think the the narrative is changing. But at the end of the day, if you think LSU was the better team, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with the way the game went in the sense that I think if Clemson plays their normal game, I think Clemson wins. I'm okay if, if I say, oh, look, my guys, my guys didn't play very well. I thought um, Kendrick had a bad game. AJ Terrell had a bad game. Uh, yeah, there's no way you watch. I do. Yeah, no way. Here's the here's the reason I think that. There's no way. No final, final thoughts. The reason I think that is because of the fact that Clemson played. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had missed nearly every throw he was throwing. He, he completed less than fifty percent of his passes. And that had like, nothing to do with anything else. No, because their defense is not very good. Uh, yeah, this is a talk show. I know, but you can't. So we, we talk back and forth. Say final thought. You can't. Okay. So if you're gonna you say if you're gonna say final thought, other than the defense, if you're gonna say final thoughts, then don't cut me off ten seconds. We're doing in. that. So, Jared, no, I'm not. You're in your feelings. I know. You, I know most no, of your teams no, lost. In my feelings, I'm not in my feelings. This is the debate show. I almost show. swung on Damon to be a hundred percent honest. We were, at, we were at a bar watching the game, and Damon half drunk smacked me in the back of the head, yelling in my ear, "I told you so." While while That's the game was going on. Oh, yeah, she did three here. times. So at the okay. end, at the end of the day, I'm. How much you bet on that game right before the game? Fifty dollars. I'll get it back because you bet on the Titans versus the Chiefs straight up. So anyway, um, as as I was saying, we looked at the game and I thought we, we played the worst game we possibly could, and we lost by seventeen. And they played. They they had at least four touchdowns that came on. Hey, it was third and long, and we had a fortunate break go our way. I think that's, that's what it true. is. It's not at the end of the day. It's not true at all. At the end I of the day, they had not true. They had six. Give me last thought. Six hundred and twenty-eight yards of offense. Y'all barely had four hundred. Joe Burrow by himself had almost five hundred and twenty-five yards of offense. They absolutely destroyed y'all. They had a drop touchdown you in the end zone. About the Titans Ravens game though. Lamar Jackson Jared, had five hundred fifty yards. Jared, don't interrupt. Jared, no, don't interrupt. Don't, you don't want don't to interrupt. interrupt. You, you, can, you can interrupt. I can interrupt. Jared, Jared, you did that did not happen in the Titans Ravens game. This is more. This is more similar to what the Chiefs did to the Texans. Overall, they're a way better team than y'all. Y'all weren't even in their league, to be honest. If you get outscored 35-8 to eight at any point in time in any game, you're not on the level of the team you're playing against. That should never Jared, happen I in a game get, if you're I, on that team level. Versus Vikings two years ago with Sam Bradford. That doesn't mean y'all are y'all the same level. It means Jared, you play a bad game. Jared, no. First off, when we played the Vikings and we got outscored with Sam Bradford, that's the first game of the season. They were a way better team then. Like, at the end of the day, they were Jared, better than us that year. Here's the thing. It was a better oh, game. Overall. Jared, Jared, oh, let's talk about let's let's, let's continue, guys. Uh, another game, uh, Texans blow a twenty-four point lead versus the Chiefs. Um, let's start with Jared this time. Are your are your Texans that bad or Chiefs that good? Um, I think it was the coaching was that bad. Um, like when you look at a game like that, and I just, or were the Chiefs the better team? I I could the Chiefs are a better team than the Texans. I think. I looked at it and said, all right, coming into the game, I thought the Texans would win. And the reason I thought the Texans would win is I thought they would play smart. The Chiefs had a weakness. The weakness of the Chiefs is they don't do a great job of stopping the run, and we have a mobile quarterback. And the way we controlled the game the first time we played them was we ran the ball and kept Patrick Mahomes off the field, and we were able to capitalize on playing some type of blitzing coverage to be able to get him off his spot, to be able to at least stop them a couple times. Uh, the Texans got up 24-0. In reality, I thought the first touchdown was a great play call, one of the rare ones that we had. And then we had some uh, a punt block, which is a great play by our guy beating them. 
We and then we got some fortunate breaks. They had a couple drops. They uh Tiger Hill must have punt. But when you're in that situation where a team's not playing well and you have a chance to end it, you have a chance to go up 28-0 to have all the momentum. You can't give them a break. And you have a coach who up 21-0 with the ball on the opposing team's 13-yard line and fourth and three inches says, I didn't have a play call for that situation. It That is one of the most fireable offenses you possibly can say. If my kid says, Dad, I want a PB&J sandwich, and I say, I don't, I don't have the recipe for it, take my kids away. Like, at the end of the day, that you can't say that. And so you look at the game where everybody's going to say, oh, Patrick Mahomes had seven straight touchdown drives. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I could have. And, and obviously, I don't have the arm strength to be able to um, – Go out and play an NFL game. Don't have the physical stature, et cetera. But if you t- you you play the same game plan that Romeo Cornell played, and you allowed me to play Madden with that guy, I score at least seven straight touchdowns because they did nothing special. They literally said, "All right, we have no pass rush. Let's not blitz. Let's play man to man coverage and allow Travis Kelsey to go versus the cornerback, who he's outweighing by fifty pounds." The 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 problem with the Texans is going to be this, and I'm not telling you that that. Obviously, I'm going to continue to root for my, Jerry, my, I'm gonna, my I'm team. Gonna, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go on. But were they playing make it take it? Because they scored 41 straight. They basically were playing make it take it. Let me explain why they were playing make it take it. So the game it's 24-0. They score a touchdown because they return the kickoff back to the 30. Right? It's 24-7. Mm-hmm. They kick it off to us. They get their first stop of the game. We go for a fake punt. They get the ball in the 31. They score. Dumbest play call of the year. All right. So now it's 24-14. We kick the ball off, or they kick the ball off. Our kick returner fumbles the ball, gives them the ball in the 10. So Deshaun hasn't touched the ball. It's 21-24. Deshaun drives the ball into the Chiefs' territory. Third, we call it a dumb screen play for no apparent reason, like a wide receiver screen, which we always seem to run, but never decide to run a halfback screen. I'll get into that later. Third down, third and nine, Deshaun throws a ball. DeAndre Hopkins drops it. Probably should have been a pass interference. Matthew got there early, but Hopkins drops it. It would have put us in the field goal range. We punt the ball. They drive 90 yards, score a touchdown. It's 28 to 24. Deshaun has been stopped twice during this period. It was 45 seconds ago when this happens. Deshaun drives them from the 22 to the 32 of the other uh, of Kansas City in 42 seconds to get in the field goal range. Kicker misses a 51 yard field goal. So, and that's with no timeouts. So now we're still down 28-24. They get the ball after halftime. They drive down, score a touchdown. So now they've scored 35 straight points. Deshaun Watson has seen the ball three times. One of them with 42 seconds or 45 seconds to go, no timeouts, and he drove in the field goal range. Once where he threw a great ball where DeAndre dropped it inside a field goal range. And one stop. And they've given up 35 straight points. So when you, it's not make it taken in the sense of, oh, yeah, they're literally make it take it. But he wasn't seeing the ball to be able to get stops. So then eventually, they he gets one stop out of halftime for him. They score another touchdown. He drives down, scores a touchdown again. They drive back and score another touchdown. He drives back to the 15, uh, and Duke Johnson drops a touchdown pass on first and goal. They end up getting stopped. It, it, at the end of the day, it boiled down to the fact that you, if you're a bad defense, you, you can't be bad and not aggressive. And, and at the end of the day, and that's one of the things you looked at when, when I watched the Clemson LSU game. I said, Venables is going to take chances. He's going to make adjustments. And if he loses, I'm okay losing knowing 
we gave them different looks. We gave them what the best situation was going to be for them. The Texans, on the other hand, we literally said, you know what, let's play man-to-man coverage with the fastest team in the league knowing we can't get a pass rush. So I looked at that game, and I blamed it on the coaches, not on the Chiefs. Okay, okay. So where do I start? First off, Bill O'Brien made a couple bonehead decisions in this game, one of them being not going for it on fourth down, one of them being going for the fake punt. Let's just get that out there. But I'm going to blame the offense, the defense, and the coaching all equally for why he lost this game. Um, You can say what you want to about the offense. The offense didn't earn those points to get up. I mean, they were really pretty much just miscues by the Chiefs. They got a they got a blown coverage touchdown on the first drive. Then they got it a wasn't blown punch. coverage. That's like saying coverage. the screen pass LSU threw was a blown coverage from Clemson. It wasn't. It was Jared, a great play call. Jared, 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 so, okay, so the hit again. So it wasn't a, a fumble on the, the kickoff return. It was a great hit. It was a great stop on the on the fake punt. No, no, like at the end no, of the day, literally, Jeremy, we we won more wide receiver screens than anybody. We set we ran a wide receiver screen on on the first play of the game. We ran a a wide receiver screen. It looked like on play three, they jumped the route thinking it was a wide receiver screen, and it was a hitch and go. It was a great. So, so what you're saying is somebody. So what you're saying is somebody blew their coverage because somebody's supposed to be back, and they tried to jump a screen doing somebody else's route, and then they gave up. Yeah, there's well, no, there's no. There's no, every, there's no play in the play you can football. blame on somebody else. Jared, every good play you Jared, can blame against somebody else. Jared, just so you know, that was the most space of any catch in the playoffs in the last 10 years. So, no, not every play. I agree. Like anyway, so. I, I agree. But so that's ba- a great play basically, call. okay, so that's all, so, all right. So, all right, all right, let's go with that. Great play call. So, that means that was for the coaches. So, that wasn't offense. Yes, all I, right. I'll give him credit. That was his second best. It was his, right. his second great play call of the season. All right, so great, great coaching. All right, next play. They get a stop. And they block a punt and run it back for a touchdown. That has absolutely nothing to do with the offense. Next play. They... The offense didn't see the ball, though, so you can't, you can't take that away. No, but I'm not going to give them credit for giving up points to getting up points because they didn't do anything all day. They didn't. So if you look at the Tyreek Hill drop fumble on the, what, two? So basically y'all had three. Y'all had tw- okay, the 10. So you had 21 points without basically doing anything. Then you get the field goal. We drove sixty yards. We drove sixty yards to the to the eleven. We had the bad yeah. call. Yeah, you can say it's a bad call, but you can also say just get the first down. At the end of the day, actually, it probably was the first down. Everybody said they should have re- reviewed it. So that was another mis- okay. miscue. Okay. At the end of the day, you want to make excuses for Clemson and Texans, and like sometimes your team's just not as good. Like Deshaun, I, I like Deshaun. Deshaun's got. Did you probably, Did you listen to the first part of what I said? I said I thought I, the I Chiefs listen, were a better team. Chair, chair, I, I listened to the whole thing. It was 15 minutes. Anyway, at the end of the day. Well, then don't say you just say they were a better Jared, team. Chair, chair, you literally interrupted everything I said, and I've only been speaking for two minutes. But you have at to the say, end of the day, don't, don't misquote me. Keep going. You, you go ahead and go for five more minutes, and then I'll, then I'll go. No, just don't misquote me. Don't say, say they're the better team when the first thing I said was, I think the Chiefs were the better team. Jeremy, Jeremy, go ahead with your point. Y'all are spicy tonight. You I good? like it. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> I've already said. I just don't say don't say, say they're the better team when the first well, thing I well, said was. Well, if you're going to say they're the better team, don't blame the coach. Yeah. Jer, Jer, you say you, say you said Jer, they were the better you, team. You don't like people to interrupt yeah. you. Jerry, Jer, you say you said they were the better team. 
but yet you say you're not going to give credit to the Chiefs. You're going to blame the coaches. So which one is it? Are, are they the better team, or are you going to blame the coaches? Because at the end of the day, you can't do both. I, don't, I think they're a better team, but I think with a 24-point lead, I think you can blame the coaches. Okay. So at the end of the day, what happened was, as great as Deshaun's intangibles are, he holds the ball way too long. He doesn't – he has no internal clock, and his clock management is terrible. You say, oh, man, they missed a 51-yard kick before the half. How did they end up with a 51-yard kick? They got they threw, threw a 45-yard dime. Yeah, he threw a great pass. Okay, so they got the ball on the Kansas City 38 with 19 seconds left. And a timeout. No Come timeout. On. They had a timeout. No, we had, had no timeouts timeout to start the drive, Jeremy. We had no timeouts. Okay, 19 seconds left. Deshaun wastes eight seconds on the first play and throws the incompletion. Right. Right. So it's down to Jared. Let Jared I just said right. Calm down. Yeah. Jesus. Then, then the next play, so it's twelve seconds left. Deshaun scrambles around for nine seconds and runs for six yards. Ran for nine yards. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, they slipped away for seven yards. They're on the thirty-eight. They end up on the thirty-one. So Deshaun wasted. 16 seconds without getting any yards. Throw a pass to the middle of the field, get up, spike the ball, and you got an easier field goal. They didn't get a field goal because Deshaun had terrible clock management there. You come back. They score another touchdown. They're, they're, they're up. He didn't stop the bleeding. So at the end of the day, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and blame everybody. Defense played awful. Um honestly, they they tried to make acquisitions to cover up for their weaknesses. A lot of the acquisitions and a lot of other parts got injured. And therefore, they had to put Lonnie Johnson in the game on Travis Kelsey, who had absolutely no chance to guard them. They tried to run zone. They tried to run man. They tried to blitz a little. They really just – they can't match up with Kansas City. Kansas City's got too much talent. But at the, the, the first time we played them, Lonnie Johnson guarded Travis Kelsey when we actually blitzed, and he held Travis Kelsey to two catches for the entire game, and he guarded him Jared, the entire game. Jared, I will be 100% honest with you. There's nothing Lonnie Johnson can do to hold Travis Kelsey anything. If Travis Kelsey had two catches because they didn't get him involved. Um, go ahead. So at the end of the day, this game came down to if I'm going to make put blame, I'll give 33% to, to uh, Bill O'Brien. I'll also say, hell, if you give Lamar Jackson or Drew Brees or a lot of the top quarterbacks in the league a 24-point lead, I'm going to expect them to hold it. So I got to put some on Deshaun, and then I'll put some on that defense for giving up the lead. Overall, the Chiefs were a better team. That's why they came out on top. But Jeremy, I mean, let me let me let me address this the silliness of it. First off. The first play that you say wasted eight seconds off the clock or nine seconds. Every route ran into the end zone. So either you have to put blame on Bill O'Brien for not having any plays that went short, which is what I said, or you have to say, well, what was he supposed to do? Throw the ball away? So he ran around trying to see if somebody was going to get open. Then he then he, he eventually threw it away. Then the next play, they ran everybody to the end zone. He ended up getting them into a makeable field goal range. But what I will say is this. You can't on, say on, that, on, that point, on that point, do you not think Deshaun, Deshaun Watson has the ability to change the play at the line? I don't think – I think Deshaun has the ability to change the play at the line, but I don't think Deshaun changes a lot of plays at the line. I think when you look at it and you say, oh, Breeze would have held the lead, well, and if you're going to say that, you're going to tell me you don't think Breeze would ever go versus the Chiefs two drives without scoring because Deshaun went two drives without scoring and the lead was gone. But Jared, Jared, he scored – Seven points for the rest of the game. How many more drives did he have? Jeremy, do we, do we agree that Duke Johnson dropped a ball in the end zone for a touchdown? Yes, it was a very tough. It was a tough catch, but he could have caught it. Yes, but was it a great throw? 
This is a pretty good throw. Let me, Jared, let, let's just go through. I'm, saying, I, I'm not going to say. If, if somebody, like, like a last right, thing, last point, thing I'll say, if somebody, I, I'm never the person is going to say, oh, this person played poorly, whatever. I thought Deshaun, especially early in the game, was super sharp. He started the game, I want to say, nine out of his, or eight out of his first nine completions. He, for the game, ended up with three touchdowns, no picks, I think 125 quarterback rating. And, and as much as you want to say, okay, what what could you have done? I think you look at a game where the game gets away from them. DeAndre Hopkins breaks his ribs so he can no longer get any yards after catch. And then you you sit back and you say, all right, we have a team now that's gotten down, realizes they don't have the ability to run the ball anymore, and the other team is just blitzing, and you're missing your starting right tackle, so Frank Clark is in the backfield on every play. So, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, if I look at the Texans, and even long term, I think the Texans are what the Texans are going to be until they get rid of Bill O'Brien. If I'm placing you, – you did your blame percentage? I blame Bill O'Brien for at least 80% of this because not only do I blame him for the bad coaching, I blame him for the mistakes that were made by the people. He He's the GM of the team. We've had a, a kicker problem for years. Fairburn missed five out of his first seven kicks this year. We didn't fire him. He's, he's got a, not a big leg, and he's not accurate. DeAndre Carter, the kick returner who fumbled the ball, was his acquisition. We had Tyler Irvin, who's now playing for the Packers. Let me, sure. let me finish real quick. You the, <laughs> we had Tyler Irvin, who's a sure-handed punt returner, but not nearly as explosive. He said we want more explosive plays, hire uh, uh, DeAndre Carter, who has a history of fumbling the ball a ton. He fumbled the ball away. You looked at what he did. It just wasn't good enough. And then he came back after the game saying, yes, we think Romeo Cornell will likely be back and will likely have the same staff. So I think with the same staff, you're probably going to get the same results. Jer, this is what this is what I'll say. The the last please keep it short. Yes, it will be very short. So this is Deshaun's after they got out twenty four. They were this is Deshaun's um, remaining possessions. Uh, three and out, right? Punt. They got the missed field goal. Punt on drop. Huh? It's a it's punt not on him though. If you had a drop on third down inside a field goal range, that's we had it. three other chances. Sure, maybe maybe the pass wasn't accurate. And then no, the ball hit him directly in the hands. All right, Jerry. I, I'm, I'm, uh, did you hear anybody talk about Patrick Mahomes' team's drops? Um, oh yes, I all did. Right, so punt, touchdown, downs, downs, downs. End of the game. End of the day, you got to put up points. Okay. I mean, you just made it. All right, let's move. Let's, let's right. keep it in the NFL. Let's talk about this Titans and Chiefs game, guys. Uh, and also, let's talk about the Packers and 49ers. Let's start with Jeremy this time. Uh, who you got in these these two matchups? Titans versus Chiefs and Packers versus 49ers. All right. So, honestly, I think the Chiefs should win this game, but I am not going to pick the Chiefs. I think the Titans are going to win, and I'm going to tell you why. There's this underlying story that no one's talking about. It's the underdog story of the year. Is Rudy on steroids. I call it the Tannehill story. Picture this. A quarterback playing with the Miami Dolphins. There Jimmy, is, that's not a Rudy story. This is a Rudy story, David. Don't out. interrupt my Rudy story. So there's a quarterback playing in Miami. And he's fighting and clawing, trying to get his team some wins. They are terrible outside of the miracle play against the Patriots last year. and they let their quarterback go because they say, hey, I don't think he's that guy. And so they struggle around with Ryan Tannehill and Josh Rosen, and they'll probably draft Tua in the, in the draft this year. 
And Tannehill goes on. He goes on to Tennessee to be the backup quarterback to Marcus Mariota. Midway through the season, two and four. They throw Brian Tannehill into the, into the lineup as a starter. He dominates. Uh, they've had a great record since. And he's one game away from the Super Bowl. Being played where? In Miami. The Ryan Tannehill redemption story ends in Miami, in the Miami Dolphins Stadium, while they sit around and watch because they let him go. Why? Because they said he wasn't good enough to take them to a Super Bowl. Jeremy, I feel like this is a bad movie pitch. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it might be a bad movie pitch, but they probably, it's going to happen. You're kind of like Brumman on Martin when he had a kazoo. That's kind of like <laughs> you had a kazoo. I'm, I'm sorry. I, didn't, yeah. I, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I, didn't, I didn't role play this uh, this this uh, screen right play, but uh, it's gonna no, it's I mean, gonna you happen. Did a good job selling it. You did a good job selling it, but the contents of the story are just not that. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill's playing great. It's kind of a Joe Burrowesque Burrowesque story, but imagine this. Imagine if the Panthers let Cam Newton go. And, you know, it's not even Cam Newton. Imagine if the Panthers let I don't know Kyle Allen go, and then Kyle Allen went to a team next year and he took it to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl being played in Charlotte. You would look around like this is ridiculous. What happened? Like that—that's basically what happened. I would have basically said, like, Chris Allen, you didn't play well enough to keep your job. Good job, buddy. I'm glad that you played better this year. <laughs> Stop, like, yeah. I mean, uh, but here, here's, here's what I said. He wasn't a walk on. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah. First, first off, Ryan Tannehill, even coming into last week, was the highest drafted quarterback in the playoffs. Um, if you look at all players in the playoffs, Ryan Tannehill was drafted, I believe, ninth. Ten, um, uh, Mahomes was drafted tenth. Watson was drafted 12th. Um, I mean, I think another quarterback's are playing. Rodgers was drafted 22nd. Garoppolo, second round. Lamar, 32nd. So he was, he was, he was the highest drafted quarterback. He was, and he wasn't a bust in Miami. I think the thing people, people were telling the narrative as of Tannehill wasn't winning in Miami. Tannehill won, I want to say it was like 12 of his last 18 starts in Miami. He just couldn't stay healthy. He would start. And then like you saw last year, he started. Then he got hurt, and it was Brock Osweiler going for the rest of the season. And the previous season before that, uh, he, he was winning a ton of games. He got hurt, and then uh, they had uh, Matt Moore starting when they made the playoffs. Um, so Tannehill's – I mean, he's not a bad quarterback, but this game's not going to be close. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys right now, $1,000 out of my uh, my winnings for the season will go on the Chiefs to cover the 7.5 points. Um, there's – uh, and, that, and I'm going to look and see if that line has gotten back down to seven or six and a half. But whatever that line is, I'm, I'm taking because, one, everybody's I, – I picked on the podcast last week. I said when you, know, you guys kept telling me about how good the Ravens were and how the Ravens, how Lamar Jackson had fresh legs, I said I'm picking the Titans to win the game straight up. And I said I just thought it was a bad matchup. Um, if you looked at it, the Ravens try to play bully ball. You can't play bully ball with the Titans, especially with Derrick Henry out there turning Earl Thomas into a lead blocker. Um, but if you look at it, the game, and, and this is kind of an indictment on, on Lamar Jackson to an extent, but the game, they were only down 16 points, like, for most of, like, the second half, and it seemed like it was an insurmountable lead, and I, I felt like it was not because he couldn't throw the ball, but they basically, what they said was, they took they, they had eight men in the box, and they took away all inside throws and said, throw the ball outside to the, to the boundary receivers, and he couldn't do it. Um they they well, he doesn't had, have boundary receivers. Eh, 
I mean, Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown's a, a, a pretty good receiver. He's a rookie, but I mean, he, Hollywood he Brown. I, I was going to mean to cut you off, but Hollywood Brown is his no more receiver. Who is a rookie first round pick? Patrick Mahomes is fourth receiver is a number one overall or first round rookie wide receiver right now. I mean, second round. You talking Miko? I think we're early second. Yeah, it's I mean it's if you look at the talent around him, he doesn't have a wide receiver that uh, Willie Steele was dropping everything. Willie Steele was, was awful. Um I'm not telling you he had great receivers around him, but I'm telling you I mean, you saw he, he he threw a dime at the end of the half, and he, I mean, he, he hit it on it. He just wasn't – you can't rely on Lamar to throw the ball 59 times. But I think if you look at the weakness of the Titans, it's their secondary. You saw when they played the Texans in the actual game that mattered. Deshaun – even though Deshaun threw two terrible passes that game, Deshaun still was able to to put up 350 yards or so and, and move the ball at will and score a ton of points. And Mahomes has significantly better weapons. He has a significantly better offensive line. I think he's going to be able to throw the ball as much as he needs. And it looks like Chris Clark, um, not Chris Clark, uh, Chris uh, Jones is likely going to be back in that interior of the, the defensive line to help versus Henry. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if you take away Derrick Henry and you force Tannehill to try to be that guy, um, they have some good tight ends. But, and they have a, I mean, they have some good receivers, but I don't, I don't think they have anybody where I look at it and say, oh, man, if you, you match them up, they can beat you in a game in a shootout versus the Chiefs. So I'm going to call the game 42-21, to 21, uh, Kansas City. Jared, you do realize that I'm, – I'm sure you already know this, but they already played once this year. And what was the result of that game? So they played once this year. They had a uh, a pick six. It was Mahomes' first game after, after the, um, the injury. They had a pick six. They had a block field goal return for a touchdown. Um, at the end of the game when they were down they, they were down five five and they were kicking the field goal to go up eight with like a minute to go they blocked the field goal returned it for a touchdown and uh ended up making the two point i believe their end to go up three and then mahomes drove them right back down the field for a field goal again and he missed the field goal to end the game it so got I, I looked at that game or got blocked so he got they blocked two field goals in that game uh, one was a fumble return for a touchdown, and then they blocked the field yeah, So, okay, yeah. So at the end of the day, I thought it was a super fluky game. Um, and, and I mean, the Texans beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. I, I think at the end of the day, when I look at the matchups, I just don't see how they're going to stop Mahomes with all those weapons. I said, you know, beforehand, I thought Mahomes had the most weapons of anybody coming in to start their career, and then they added Miko Hardman. I mean, it's. I'm just trying to figure out if the Texans can find a fast receiver like that who's not like Will Fuller and gets hurt every two games. But uh, I, th- I think they got too much speed out there on the outside. I think a Dory Jackson can can keep up with one of them. But you're not keeping up with all those speedsters. I got 41, uh, 42 to 21. Uh, I will say this. Um, Kansas City has a good team. Um, I think they should be the favorite. But um, they got a, I don't know, not physical, pretty boy team. They, they're a bunch of speedsters running around, running routes, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be – you know, throwing no-look passes and all that he likes to do. But this game is going to be significantly different because you got to do with elements. It's supposed to snow on Friday. It's probably going to be kind of ugly out there. Uh, the high on Sunday right now in Kansas City is 26 degrees. Um, so you're probably going to see uglier weather. And what wins in ugly weather? Hard nose, run the football, don't make mistakes. And don't beat yourself. And I, I could see Patrick Mahomes making a few mistakes out there, uh, trying to force it into coverages that he probably shouldn't. 
and uh, you know I, I think Bayard is a uh, is is a pretty good ball hawking safety back there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bayard get a pick. All right, guys, let's talk about uh, this Packers and 49ers game. Uh, let's start with you, Jared. Uh, who do you have winning this matchup between um, Aaron Rodgers and uh, what's my boy? Um, Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G. Um, so I'm going to pick the 49ers to win um, because I, I think they have the best team and still left in the league. I, I mean, I, I, all year I, I was down them for probably the first – six or seven games after the Panthers game, man, I stopped doubting them. And I think they're healthy. I mean, you looked at it and said, you know, earlier in the year, there's kind of, you know, there's been the split. There was the first eight games of the season where the, the 49ers were just dominating everybody. And then they had a ton of hit injuries. You had Quan uh, Alexander get hurt. You had, um, you know, D Ford miss, I think five games you had uh, still out DJ. Um, I think it's DJ Jones or DJ Jeffries. Uh, I think DJ Jeffries is a basketball player. Uh, DJ, the 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 uh, defensive tackle who who went out for the season, uh, he had all these injuries where they just got banged up on defense, and uh, they weren't the same defense from that point forward. But now you got you know Quan Alexander back, D Ford back. I think the pass rush is going to be there. I think when you look at the Packers this year, what has beaten the Packers is teams that have uh, a pass rush that can get after Aaron Rodgers and a running attack that can attack that defense because they love to get off the edge with the Smith brothers, Darius and Preston. So um, I'm going to pick the 49ers to win pretty hefty. Um, I, I didn't really think the Packers were very impressive last week. I mean, Devontae Adams was special, and um, you know Aaron threw a couple of really good passes. But I think when you look at it, I mean, they played the Seahawks, who were missing most of their offensive linemen. Um, and if it weren't for the fact that the Seahawks, in normal Pete Carroll fashion, decided not to throw the ball with Russell Wilson until they were down three, three uh, scores – I think the Seahawks probably would have won the game. I still think if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't complete the ball to, to Devontae Adams and they got the ball back to Russell Wilson, I would have probably put my money on Russell Wilson to cover the spread. So um, when, gonna... they, when they were sitting at third and eight, um, when he threw right before he threw the pass to Jimmy Graham, um, the actual line was was a pick em. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> if he didn't, I think, I mean, I think you, you could look at it and say the Seahawks probably would have going to win the game. So I, I'm going to take the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to say they win pretty convincingly. I'm going to give it a, a non-competitive game as well. I'm going to say 38 to 21 um, for the uh, the hometown Niners. Uh, so the fact that I wouldn't be mad if the Packers won because I'm tired of Jamie, uh, one of our friends who talks about the 49ers and um, only talks about them when they're actually good. <laughs> well, I think Jamie, uh, what do you think about this game, man? Yeah, I I think San Francisco is going to win. I think they should win. I think they're the better team. Um, I don't necessarily think Aaron Rodgers has been playing great at all this season. He looked pretty good last week. Um, but Devontae Adams is cooking. I don't know who Flowers is, but, I mean, if he plays like that anymore, he's going to need to look for a new profession because he couldn't cover anybody. Um, Richard Sherman on uh, San Francisco, I think he'll be able to help. I think they'll probably put Devontae on the other side a lot more. Um, but I think – uh, Aaron Rodgers has always veered away from Richard Sherman for some reason. I think his pass rating against Richard Sherman in his career when he's when targeting Richard Sherman's side of the field is like 55. And uh, he's thrown, I think, six completions, 11. or six. I think he's six of 11 with an interception, no touchdowns or something like that. And generally, that would be a pretty small sample size. But they played against each other like eight or nine times, so he generally just doesn't target his side of the field. Um, Smart. So I, I think uh, – uh, I think Aaron is 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 not going to have a good game. Um, 
in, in this matchup. I don't think they're going to let Aaron Jones get off, who generally sets up a lot of their offense, play action, and things of that nature. Um, and I think uh, Devontae Adams is not going to have a field day like he did last week. Now, I will say this. I don't anticipate this being a very high-scoring game. Um, my gut is telling me that the under is what you want to go with because um, I don't see this being very high-scoring. Last last game, um, there was some fluky plays that got points. Uh, right before the half, it was – or the first touchdown that the, that the 49ers scored was on – what was it a fumble that got returned to the two or something like that? Um, and then they, they punched it in, and then they got two field goals. But Preston Smith, uh, the Smith brothers, they definitely still got a lot of pressure. So with like two minutes ago in the first half, it was still only 13-0. Um, and it was one of those things of where uh, I think the Packers ended up having the ball with 45 seconds left, looking to go down and get points. They didn't run any clock. They threw three straight incompletions. They punted. And the next thing you know, they go upfield and get a and get a uh, and get a field goal right before the half, and then before you know, it, the score kind of got out of hand. But early on, the Packers defense actually held up pretty well. So I think uh, I think I would still lean towards uh, a lower scoring game. Let me look at the at the under right now. The under right now is is still sitting at forty five. Um, me personally, I think I take the under. Yeah, guys, I, I definitely think you guys have some great points, and I'm looking forward to these games. Uh, my personal opinion, I think that the Titans beat uh, Kansas City. And uh, the other game, I feel like the 49ers are going to beat the Packers, and then the Titans are going to win the chip. So uh, we definitely shall see. Uh, let's move on to some NBA. Uh, John Morant has been playing like a madman as a rookie. He doesn't look like this is his first uh, season in the league. Uh, but his competition for the rookie of the year, uh, Zion, is back on Wednesday. Let's start with Jared on this topic. Uh, what do you think about this move uh, as far as John Morant and, and where do you think he's going to be, you know, kind of long term? I just saw uh, an article saying Tracy McGrady saying that he's going to be arguably the best player in the league in the next couple of years. And what do you think Zion falls in this whole this whole uh, rookie debacle, if you want to call it? Let's go. Let's start with you, Jared. Um, if I was going to pick between the two. Uh, I'm taking John Morant moving forward. I, I'm not um, using hindsight. I said this ahead of time. Um, I believe me and Jeremy made a bet before the season started that uh, John Morant, I said, was going to uh, finish above Zion in the rookie of the year. But we definitely not, not make that bet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can look at my phone and find uh, it. But I'm pretty sure you can. <laughs> because we, we, we talked about it. But uh, with that being said, I know we had this conversation. Um, and the reason I said that is because of the fact that I didn't think we, – we talked about it. I didn't think that Zion's game would translate very well to the league. Not that I didn't think that Zion is a good player, a great athlete. or I, As I said, I thought he would be a Blake Griffin-type player. Um, and, and obviously, from watching Summer League, I think he's going to be better than that. I, but the, my, my only concern with Zion was I never saw Zion put the ball on the floor and pull up for a jumper or get his own shot. I saw him hit a, a jump shot when he got an open set shot. And I saw him drive and dunk it or slash the basket. But I never saw him like, all right, I'm going to break this guy down off the dribble or whatnot. And, you know, the concern I had is, all right, he's coming to the league where, you know, Zion is the third heaviest player in the league. I mean, he literally the only two players that weigh more than than Zion in the league are Joel Embiid and um, the guy from uh, Boban from the, the Mavericks. I mean, he's 285 pounds. And I'm like, it's. That is not correct. That is not correct. Who is it? 
Taco Fall has jumped into that category as well. No, you're right. Because he's he's heavier than than Embiid. I knew. I, I was thinking. I, I think it's Embiid. It's Taco Fall and uh and Boban. He's heavier than Embiid. Um, so there's no way. Look, I mean, he might be heavier than Embiid is listed. Embiid is at least 300 pounds. He's heavier than Embiid is listed. But I thought they did it straight off of the listings now. Either because you know Embiid lost weight during the offseason to try to stay healthier with his knees. But with with that being said. I just didn't think athletically he could just beat guys off the dribble and get dunks all the time. But he looked like he could do it in the preseason, but we'll see how that translates. But the thing about uh, about Ja is Ja has control of the game at all times. He's got – I mean, you look right now, he's playing with the Grizzlies who basically traded away all their veteran players. And if the playoffs start right now, they'd be in the playoffs. I mean, they're in the eighth spot right now. They've won eight of their last ten games. He is playing, I mean, unbelievably – I think there's so many people who are just saying he's he's got to make the all-star game. I mean, he's got to make the all-star team the way he's playing. And if I'm looking moving forward, I don't know how long Zion's body is going to last with the athleticism that he has. I think to a certain extent, there are players that are too athletic for their bodies. Um, and that may sound silly, but Derrick Rose, when he came into the league, the the biggest problem he had was he was going to get injured because his body, your body is not built to take that kind of, to put that amount of G-force and shock to jump 50, 50 inches off the ground. Like, maybe somebody's can handle it. LeBron, I don't think LeBron was nearly, I mean, I say nearly, but he wasn't as athletic as Zion is, especially because in reality, if Le- LeBron came to the league at 235, 240, if LeBron weighed 285, LeBron's not jumping nearly as high as he jumps. So if you imagine if Zion was actually 240, Zion might have a 50-inch vertical. I mean, he's basically LeBron with a 50-pound backpack on, still jumping 45 inches off the ground. And I just didn't think your body could physically hold up to it. So moving forward, my concern would be Zion's health. Even boring health, I would tell you, moving forward, building a team, if I'm looking at it, I'm going to give you my quick top five list. I'd probably start with Luka first. I'd go second with Giannis. I would go third with Ja. I'd probably go fourth with AD. Fifth, I don't know. I, I, I A part of me would say like a – I wouldn't go trading. I would say probably Kawhi, but I don't think Kawhi is going to be in the league much. I mean, like I don't think he's going to be the guy that plays until he's 38, and he's already 28, so I, I wouldn't get more than 10 years out of him. Um, so I, I don't even know who the fifth would be. But I, I would probably tell you in the order, it would probably go Luka, Giannis, um, then it would go Ja, then it'd probably go Zion, and uh, I don't know, Ben Simmons, if he could develop a jump shot, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I'm so tired of hearing about overrated Luka. Um, so, Luka's not overrated. Stop he, it. I watched Luka play so much, and every time I watch him play, I'm like, I have no clue where these stats came from because he did nothing all game. Anyway. You can't say that watching him play the Pelicans because he always – Cook y'all. Uh, actually, I can say that I watched him play the Pelicans. I watched that first game. He had 22 and triple-double, and he literally looked like he had absolutely no impact whatsoever. Um, so, back to back to originally scheduled programming. Um, Zion is about to be, this time next year, a part of the best duo in the NBA. Jeremy, stop. Zion and Brandon Ingram next year will be the best duo in the league. Um, as of right now, I see Zion coming in and dominating in the NBA as soon as he's healthy. I think he's healthy now. Um, I've seen him do, uh, you know, some more ups and things like that. It might take him a, a second to get adjusted, maybe a week. I see him immediately averaging 
20 and 10, 20 and 11, 12, um, and having an immediate impact on defense. The Pelicans are going to make the playoffs this year. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 can, wait. What? <laughs> what? The Pelicans aren't far out. They're four games out of the playoffs right now. Um, so, overall, the Pelicans have won eight out of the last 12 they played, um, seven of the last 10. So, I th- I think, and then also keep in mind, the Pelicans have played one of the toughest schedules in the league. The Pelicans have a very easy schedule down the stretch. And I think they're going to make up ground with Zion coming in and make that push. And I hope, I hope to God they play the Lakers in the first round. And I want to see my boys in the Lakers season in the playoffs. Anyway, to some more uh, pressing news. I think Josh great. Josh better than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a superstar, um, but not this fast. Um, to me, he his game actually reminds me uh, a lot of uh, De'Aaron Fox right now, uh, although he's only a rookie and De'Aaron Fox is in his third season. Um, he's very, very polished. Um, I still would like to see his jumper improve somewhat, but, um, you know, there's nothing you can – you can complain about, and I like the, the the smarts in which he plays. If you play the point guard position, you have to have um, an intelligence level on the court um, to, to to really be able to lead a team. If not, you'll end up in Russell Westbrook land where you're just running up and down the court, shooting every time you touch the ball uh, with no actual clue of what is going on in the game. So, um, Jeremy, I, I, I will say this though, real quick. <laughs> you, you uh you say he needs to work on a shot. I don't know how much you've been watching. He's on fire. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I was like, work with his shot. He, he, he hit a three on on Harden yesterday because Harden gave him space. He said the Harden he, let, let him shoot it. I, he said he told Harden he said, uh, mo, mo, but I, but I ask about me and uh, but you look at all the season. John Moran's hitting forty one percent of his threes and shooting fifty almost fifty percent from the field. He's shooting is, it, is he in forty one percent of threes? For some reason, yeah. I felt like he was shooting. Maybe it's, it's been a while since I checked his stats, but yeah, yeah he's, shoot, he's shooting forty one percent threes. He's shooting over eighty percent from the free throw line. He's shooting forty nine point four percent from the field. So uh, his his jumper's going on just quite yeah. nicely. Yeah, well, he's doing pretty good. I don't I don't know what it was. I thought I saw that he was he his three point percentage was a lot lower. Maybe I was thinking about. Uh, your boy Luca in his thirty-two percent threes, um, but yeah, um, overall, man, he's—I mean, the kid's special. I, I still think I, if I had to choose, I take Zion, Zion because I think Zion is uh, ultimately in a better situation. If you look at the young talent on the Pelicans, um, Lonzo started to play a lot better. I really like Jackson Hayes. I think he's going to be really good. I mean, the kid's only nineteen, super athlete, seven feet tall, um, plays defense, runs the floor. Pretty much cleans up anything that comes up. I th- I think he's going to be special. So um, if you look at a young talent on that team, I think uh, Zion is in a better location, uh, and, and I do think health is going to be you know somewhat of an issue. But um, you know if he's if he's able to stay healthy, it's going to be. Um, Last thing on that though, Jeremy, I will tell you the Grizzlies have a ton of young talent as well. Uh, Jaron Jackson's twenty one. He's averaging eighteen a game. Um, he's he's averaging eighteen and seven. Um, you got Dylan Brooks, who just got drafted. I think this is his second year. He's averaging 15. Dylan, um, Dylan Brooks is like 47 years old. <laughs> Dylan, I think Dylan's like 24. Um, you got Brandon Clark, who they just drafted in the first round. He's averaging 12. This is his first year. He's shooting 63% from the field. They got a lot of young talent as well. I think it's going to boil down to this, though. Um, how good are your coaches? I mean, the reason I laughed at the Pelicans isn't because I don't think they have talent. It's because the exact same thing I told you before the season. I don't think Alvin Gentry is a very good coach. I think he's a very good assistant coach. But I mean, the the thought that Ty Lue doesn't have a job and he has one bothers me. But 
Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, they're they're getting wins now. Um, they got to come see us on Monday, and you better be glad that Zion's not coming back to Wednesday because he probably gave Zion might have gave Ja a solid uh, twenty eight and thirteen just to prove a point. That righty then. Um, let's uh let's talk about these picks. Um, I see that Jared uh, it's up three hundred bucks last week. And, uh, no, uh, down three hundred dollars last week. I was about to say, how how Jerry end up up oh, no. this whole oh, Texas? Dash. It was like, yeah, so he's only down three. So okay, down three hundred last week. Anyway, but here's the thing. you said like oh, Jeremy, like how could I? It was, I? I missed it by a point. If it was a point, the, the the line was four and a half for the Seahawks. I bet the Seahawks side of it. They lost by five. If they would have covered, I picked the, I, I picked the Ravens to lose straight up and bet at money line on my regular bets, but I didn't do it on here. Um, so I lost. I won Ravens. Lost Seahawks, lost. Texans. But you didn't bet. A, but you didn't bet them even though, right? Didn't you bet a lot more on the Texans? Mm-mm. I bet three hundred on all three of them. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I thought you. I, that's why I, I thought you bet like a thousand Texans. Or something. Nope, nope, wouldn't do that. Lost that on the Ravens before earlier in the season. Um, <laughs> but let's let going through the picks this week. I got eighteen hundred dollars still in the, in, the, in the bank. I'm putting a thousand of it on the Chiefs. Um, look, I think at the end of the day, you got to look at. Uh, you know, the, the matchups. I think it's a bad matchup for the Titans. I think it's – right now it's Patrick Mahomes' time. Um, I, you know, I, as much as every – you know, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is in a, a perfect situation. So I think we won't know, you know, how great he is until, you know, he doesn't have probably the best quarterback coach in the league and the best weapons in the league and a great offensive line and a team that's spending a ton of money. Um, I think eventually we will see if he can do it once he gets this $200 million contract and they lose a lot of those players. But right now he's got he's got the talent around him to where I think it's going to be extremely difficult um, for anybody to really beat them in a, a, a game of this this sort that don't have great cornerbacks and I don't think the, the Titans do that line has dropped down to, to minus seven so I am going to take the Chiefs the thousand dollars at minus seven. So when okay. you lose this thousand, that would put you at eight hundred, right? Yeah, we're gonna make it interesting. You guys gonna do like double? No, no, no. This, this, this is actually gonna be. No, no. This is gonna be. It's gonna be very interesting because I am gonna go my four hundred dollars on the Titans plus seven. So what's gonna end up happening is when the Titans cover, I will be up eight hundred dollars. When the Chiefs don't cover, Jarrett will be up eight hundred dollars going into one final Super Bowl matchup for it all. Either that or. When the Chiefs cover, I'm up twenty eight hundred dollars, and you're out of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> all right, well, we're gonna see. That's it's gonna be interesting going into uh, the almost man. It seems like it seems like football season just started. It's almost over. It's kind of crazy. But uh, as yeah. always, uh, we like to thank you guys for uh, tuning in to us for another week. Um, you guys got any parting words for, for them before we tell them that our IG is Amiibos underscore podcast? Yes, I do. Odell Beckham Jr., sit your ass down. Why are you handing Odell, out cash you after the game? Look, look, here's the thing, right? I'm I'm disappointed that my Clemson Tigers did not <laughs> win the national championship. God. But I don't want them to give us the national championship because they got to forfeit the game because this idiot's out here handing out money on the doggone field. I mean, unless that means that all my bets that I lost, I'm going to get back. I'm cool okay. with that. You're but listen, idiot. why would you? Here, here's my biggest problem I have with it. 
Odell Beckham. This is not about you. And here's another situation where you can't not have the attention on you. So you walk yo just lost 10 games with the Cleveland Browns and ruined my perfect eliminator pool in the last week of the season by not being able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals self down to the field and start handing out wads of cash like you lost your doggone mind. Look, I ain't got no time for this nonsense, your foolishness. I'm going to give you the sad emoji, sad standing for sit your ass down. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> so my final thoughts are, Jared, I know you weren't going to listen because I wouldn't listen either if it was my team. But for those of you who don't know, I told Jared during the game, I said from a neutral party, I have money on Clemson. You have money on Clemson. It's time to hedge. And at the end of the day, you have to have some friends that are in your corner that can help you when you're not being rational about your team. I need them. You all need them. Keep that in mind. Be safe out there. Jared, I'm sure you want to respond to that, so go ahead. No, I don't. I, I felt good about the game. I, I Here's the thing about Clemson. I've won now. I lost roughly 700 off this game. So I've won about 9,300 the last five years on Clemson. I'm cool with it. Took a loss. It is what it is. Hey. All right. On that note, uh, make sure you guys follow hmm. us on social media. Me, bros underscore podcast is our IG handle. We thank you guys for tuning in to us, and I hope you guys will be back with us next week. And on that note, we bid you adieu. Peace. (laughs)